The police are warning of an epidemic of people pretending to play the violin. Officials told a reporter her skirt was too short to witness an execution. And New York City is locking up its spam. These are the weird stories for Monday on Weird AF News, the only daily weird news podcast hosted by a comedian inside a hot closet. And it's about 110 in here right now, guys. According to the police, people pretending to play violins is a nationwide issue. This story is out of Michigan. Police across the U.S. have been warning the public about people pretending to play violins in order to solicit donations. Have you heard about these fake violin players on the streets? This is the first I've heard of it. For this particular article, which is out of Michigan, a local news channel went out into the world and found a man appearing to play violin outside a Target store in Portage, Michigan. As he performed, he stood next to a sign that read, quote, Dad with three kids, please help for food and rent. When the news channel approached him and asked him about his performance, a woman sitting beside him said they don't speak any English. As the man was holding his violin down, violin music began playing from the speaker, not from his own violin. After telling the man that some viewers were concerned about his violin playing skills and that he might be faking it in order to solicit money, they asked him for his perspective. He responded, now he doesn't speak English. The news channel noted that his sign asking for donations is, in fact, in English and asked him who made the sign. The man then packed up his violin and his speaker and his family and left the shopping center without further comment, it says. Now, this is just one anecdote. Police and officials across the country say, though, they've been warning the public about similar fake performers. Have you guys seen this? I've never even heard of this. Are they just picking on people on the street? Because, I mean, those people got it hard, man. It's hard to be out there right now in the summer months in, in Michigan, in the humid Michigan air. Even playing a speaker out there is just hard work. Now, they uh, procured a quote from a supervisor at a town in Michigan named Laura. She said, this is a nationwide problem and we're addressing it. These are not your neighbors in need. Okay, we've seen license plates from Texas, Virginia, and even Illinois. And these aren't real musicians, guys. The violin music is often recorded, pre-recorded. Please call the sheriff if you see this sort of scam, and do not, re do not reward them with your donation. Please be careful with your money, residents. Well, all right, town supervisor, slow it down. Do we really need to call the sheriff on somebody like this? I mean, the last I checked... When I looked at some mainstream news, there's like real serious crimes going on in the U.S. The most violent crimes in the world, probably. I don't think we need to worry about people faking the violin. A lot of people just stand on the side of the road, or the road, or in a parking lot, or on public transportation, and they just ask for donations, and that's it. They don't offer any entertainment whatsoever. So what do we do with these people? Call the sheriff on them as well? Now it says here, several police departments have alerted their communities about similar fake performers as well, including the police in Florida. Yeah, we have Pinellas Park Police Department. Pinellas! This is a message from Crime Prevention Corporal James Gaddy of Pinellas County. He says, 
I came across this article and wanted to make everyone aware of a nationwide scam that's even affecting us here in Pinellas Park. Recently, myself, along with members of the community policing unit, have encountered individuals attempting this sort of scam at many local shopping centers. Please be smart and safe with your hard-earned money. I love it's Pinellas. Like, you guys got nothing better to do in Pinellas? I've seen what goes on in Pinellas. My listeners know... The common activities in Pinellas. I think a fake violin player is the least of your worries in Pinellas County, Florida. What you want to warn the Pinellas community about is fake violin players that are actually stabbing people in the throat with the violin bow instead of playing. That's what you want to warn them about. Other law enforcement agencies are warning the public, including in Connecticut. We have a tweet from the Norwalk, Connecticut Police Department says, if you want to provide money that will go to people who need it, please donate to established, confirmed programs that will truly support the needy, not these fake musicians. Wow. I love how they're just like, they're very much anti-fake musician. You know, oftentimes people just want to give money to people on the street who look like they need it. You know, some of these people really look like they need it. Whether they have a talent or not is beside the point. And sometimes when you give your money to huge programs, you're not even certain that the money's going to go to the proper place. I mean, we've all heard of the breast cancer awareness scam. Have we all heard about that? Yeah, like the CEO of that pink company, like that guy's like flying around in private jets, I heard. So... You know, sometimes you give your money to these organizations and maybe only a small percentage of it actually gets into the hands of the needy, you know, so maybe you want to avoid organizations. Now, I'm not saying that a very small percentage of these fake musicians aren't scamming the public, you know. You hear stories as well about panhandlers, if I I may use such an archaic term, panhandlers that then drive off in Mercedes that they've parked hidden around the other side of the Walmart. Yeah, this obviously happens once in a while. But from my first-person observation, these people are in dire straits, man. So your whole campaign, to me, seems very misguided. That's just my opinion. Maybe you guys feel diff- <clears throat> excuse me, feel differently. Call the show, 646-450-2012. A reporter was not allowed to witness an execution because her skirt was too short. The story is out of Alabama. As the Alabama Department of Corrections prepared to execute Mr. Joe Nathan James Jr. this past Thursday night, against the wishes of his victim's family members, an agency official told a journalist that was present that she would not be allowed to witness the killing because she was wearing a very short skirt. Short skirt. Can't wear short skirts to executions, apparently. Uh, I had never heard of this. I didn't know there was a dress code for executions. I've never attended an execution. Now, this journalist's name is Ivana. Can't pronounce the last name, so we're going to move on from there. We'll call her Ivana for the sake of the story. She's from Alabama.com. She had worn the skirt to previous executions without a problem. How many executions is this woman attending? She got her execution outfit ready in the closet. Ooh, another execution. Ooh, I'm going to wear this tight leather piece right here. Um, Says here, even after pulling the skirt down to her hips to make the hemline fall lower, she was still told that this was not appropriate. Now, she was determined to attend this execution because apparently journalists have to write about such things. 
So she borrowed a waterproof fisherman's waiter pants from a photographer she had never met, stuffing the suspenders under her skirt to keep the pants from falling down while she went to great lengths. She really wanted to watch this execution. The Department of Corrections spokesperson determined this was a more professional outfit. Yeah, more professional outfit. (laughs) Wearing a fisherman's waiter pantaloon outfit is more professional. Um, but then they proceeded to take issue with her open toe, high heeled shoes. Oh, she had high heel shoes. They said that was too revealing. <laughs> what the hell, man? <sighs> she had to go change. She put on tennis shoes that she had in her car and she was finally permitted to cover the execution for her website. Uh, she wrote in her article, this was an uncomfortable situation for me, and I felt embarrassed to have my body and my clothes questioned in front of a room of people I mostly had never met. You know, I sat down, tried to stop blushing, and just tried to do my job, as women often have to do. Uh, now, apparently, uh, media witnesses at an execution are pretty important. They serve a vital role in bringing a modicum of transparency to executions which are shrouded in secrecy. So it's pretty important that she was there. Corrections departments typically keep secret the identities of the executioners and the source of the drugs that are used, which are sometimes purchased in cash to avoid a paper trail as well. The few media witnesses allowed in the room bear witness to state-sponsored killings, alerting the public to unusual delays, breakdowns in protocol, and signs of pain, although autopsies of individuals who have been executed suggest that even those who appear to have died peacefully may still have experienced torturously painful deaths. In fact, observations from media witnesses have often been used in federal litigation challenging the constitutionality of execution protocols as well. So this is why it was vital that she be there. But, I mean, it just seems very silly to me uh, and um, what I like to call failure of perspective. I mean, you're in an environment where someone's going to be executed and your attention is on (laughs) the clothing of a witness it just seems odd to me and by the way let me tell you something if i'm going to be executed i want women in short skirts around me i think that's a great way to go out in fact how about some bikini clad reporters at my execution if you know not that i'm going to be executed but if i was bring on the bikinis man that's the last thing i'd like to see bring in some porn stars execute me i want a ring of porn stars standing around me maybe some strippers twerking as I go out. I think that's a better way to go out, personally. Uh, Lastly, we have a quote from someone named Kelly, who's the editor-in-chief and vice president of content for an Alabama media group. She says, I'm very proud to work with Ivana, who, despite this treatment, continued to report the story with professionalism to our audiences in Alabama. This was sexist and an egregious breach of professional conduct, in my opinion, and it should not happen to any other reporter ever again. After the incident, uh, journalists request the dress code, which they provided, and it's mainly directed at women and states that all dresses, skirts, and pants shall extend below the knee, females only. Splits, slits must be knee length or lower, females only. As for shoes, the only references made in the items prohibited included slippers, shower shoes, and beach shoes. Um, This is a very convoluted... (laughs) protocol here and it does seem to be targeting women well i mean this particular story just highlights you know so many of the nonsensical contradictions that we that abound in our culture i mean think about what's going on here they're 
about to execute somebody, you know, this barbaric behavior, <laughs> executing an individual, and they're worried about a journalist's open-toed shoes as she stands in the next room. I mean, just silly, silliness. Yay! Is your camel's face sagging and wrinkly? Well, you're never going to win a camel beauty contest like that. And that's why you need Plump Camel, the only camel Botox treatment that uses 100% vegan Botox products. Because of a recent spike in crime, one store is locking up their spam. They're locking up the spam, guys. The one-two punch of inflation and rising crime has caused at least one New York City store to lock up its inventory of spam in a plastic case. You guys all familiar with the spam? The meat in a can? I love spam. Spam, spam, eggs and spam, spam, spam and sausage. All right, we have shoppers, store employees, and social media users expressing their disbelief right now because they've discovered that this $4 canned meat product that we know as spam is now out of reach behind lock and key at some Dwayne Reed store in New York City's Port Authority bus depot. One cashier laughed, I've never seen this before, while removing the spam from its plastic anti-theft covering. Some of these things are pretty ridiculous. That's Jenny Kenny. Jenny Kenny is a 43-year-old visiting New York City from Kentucky. She says she was aware of the crime spike in the city, but she couldn't believe they were, there were so many items locked up in that plastic box, including the spam. Many shoppers wondered why the spam, along with cans of Starkist tuna, were locked up, while more expensive products, like cans of Amy's soup, priced over $5, were not locked up. To put spam in a cage is stupid and kind of insulting to the customers that would buy it. That's according to Dennis. Dennis likes spam. Dennis was shocked to see the spam locked up. Now this all is because crime in New York City is up this year in six of seven categories. And the New York media reported that petty larceny complaints are up over 50%. I don't think they stop anything, says Iggy, a store clerk. It's security theater. If you really needed it, you would just you just break it and take it. <laughs> That's a very New York attitude. Just a few days ago, Iggy's suspicion appeared to be well-founded when a man in a black tank top bolted out of the store with a $38 electric razor after asking if an employee could take it out of the plastic case. In addition to the rise in crime, inflation spiked to 9% in June, which the New York Post explained has created a market for thieves to sell stolen discounted goods to cash-strapped consumers as well. Spam can be found in many locations in New York City without the plastic covering, including at other Dwayne Reed locations, such as Times Square. Wow, that's the end of the article. I thought we were going to have more information why people were specifically targeting spam. Because in some places, spam is super popular. Have you ever been to Hawaii? Well, I haven't been, but I heard spam is extremely popular in Hawaii. And it's not $4 a can. It's like $10 a can in Hawaii. I'd imagine they got to lock it up over there as well. I, I myself ate spam quite a bit as a child because, uh, well, we couldn't afford meat that didn't come in a can. <laughs> we just had a lot of uh, meals of hot dogs and baked beans. Let's just say that. It's a miracle I grew to over five feet at all when I look at my childhood nutritional chart. <laughs> I'm just happy to be here, guys. You know what I'm saying? You know, if I'm being completely transparent with you, I still eat Spam these days, yes. One of my favorite things is to make Spam fried rice. Oh, it's tremendous.
Spam, spam. Spam and eggs. Spam and toast. Spam sausage. Spam, 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 spam. We don't like spam. Well, then you could get... Why don't you get this eggs, sausage and spam, and I'll have your spam. Hi, my friends. I hope you had a nice weekend, and I hope you enjoyed the Florida Friday article. Big shout out to everybody who sent me stories and people that reached out to me over the weekend, like Anne-Marie Swenson, who sent me a nice Instagram message. She wrote, uh, uh, I cannot remember how I discovered your podcast, Jonesy, but I've been listening for at least a year, and now you're a part of my daily life. I played your podcast one morning so my cousin could hear, and she's been dying laughing for days. If I run into some off-the-wall news over here, I'll be sure to share it with you. I love Florida Fridays. If you're ever in my region, look me up, because I'm an amazing cook. Uh, I wish you well, darling. Be safe and keep doing what you're doing. Anne-Marie from Indiana. Oh, big shout-out to Anne-Marie from Indiana. That's a lovely message. I totally enjoy that. I have a review on Amazon. Uh, Judy, not too pleased with the podcast. She only gave me two stars. I have to be pleased with the two, because she could have easily gave me one. She wrote, this is too long for a flash briefing. He rambles on and on, this guy. I was hoping a flash briefing would be a little more brief. Great idea, but could use a producer. Well, I appreciate you giving it a chance, Judy. I have to say, though, in the whole realm of podcasts, mine's pretty short. I don't know where what podcasts you guys are listening to, but many of them are an hour. Like most of the podcasts I listen to, half an hour or more. You know, so I, you know, I've been keeping mine under 20 minutes lately. I thought it was pretty good, pretty good. Well, hopefully you'll give me another shot, Judy. If you guys would like to leave me a review like Judy did, you can go to Amazon. You all have Amazon accounts, right? You can find Weird AF News on there. Leave me a nice review. I'd appreciate that. Uh, If you guys would like to DM me, it's uh, at funnyjones on Instagram. Of course, you can email me as well, funnyjones at gmail.com. And if you would like to support the show... uh, because you have, I don't know, you get some extra ducats and you want to keep Jonesy caffeinated, I would appreciate that. Uh, you can go to patreon.com slash weirdafnews and get on the Patreon there. Or go to weirdafnews.com. And there's a couple places on the homepage where you can you can uh, support the show. Um, as always, uh, I hope you're doing well. I hope you're healthy, wealthy, and happy. And we'll see you tomorrow. Good luck with your life, brah!